Jess Lilly and am joined in the studio for the first time this year by Crikey Reporty Charlie Lewis. G'day, Charlie. Evening, Jess. Hi, everyone. And Rachel Withers, Editor-in-Chief of the kind of old but also brand new <laughs> online publication, thepolitics.com.au, but don't go to the website. Don't go there. It's... Um, not NQR at the moment. It's, it will be. There will be a website on Monday, and then you should go to thepolitics.com.au. Race there. Oh, it'll be so exciting! But definitely don't go there no, right now. No, you will be malware. Don't do it. <laughs> well, I, I mean, definitely not malware. You just won't be able to see any information uh, because it's a it's a construction site right now. Um, but it it will very much be a very cool new website called the. Politics on Monday. <laughs> the joys of launching a new media publication. Oh, I mean, Jess, I have a newfound awe for what you do because, oh. wow. Yeah, look. <laughs> making things is hard. Making things is hard. I will give you that. Um, creating stuff ain't easy. No. But I'm, I just keep being like, when do I get to go back to just, just writing about what a loser Anthony Albanese is or something? Like, I know when you were kind of quivering in the corner when you came in quite overwhelmed by it all, I'm like, Rachel, are you writing again yet? Because I think when that happens, things will. I will be. We'll be yeah. back on an even keel. But we're going to hear a little bit more about that's quite a big bit of publishing news that <laughs> was slipped, so. slipped into the ether over the over the summer. We'll hear you about heard it here first, <laughs> but also in Crikey. I just say you heard it in Crikey first. <laughs> um, we've got no other guests um, this week because we thought we'd just sort of ease ourselves back into things gently this year. But, of course, we will be um, uh, getting up to speed with a whole array of amazing media guests uh, as the week roll on so uh, stick around for that but um, uh, my goodness uh, it has been another um, uh, psychotic roller coaster of a week in Australian news media and I've just got a list of a few things that happened this week just this week um, the uh, Antoinette Latouf's case against the ABC continues at the Fair Work Commission and we're going to talk a bit, a bit about that later. Nine News claimed their Photoshop AI performed some highly unique retouching which no other graphic designer has ever seen in their life and we're going to talk about that a bit later. The Guardian's Catherine Murphy announced she's jumping ship to Albo's office. Uh, it was revealed that Walter Sofronov, the head of the inquiry handling, oh, the, who, the head of the inquiry handling Bruce Lerman's prosecution, dropped 55 phone calls to the Australian's Janet Albertson during the inquiry. The new heads of both ABC and Nine News were announced and apparently the worst thing ever happened to a guy in Sydney <laughs> when a Sydney school announced they're letting girls in um, and they're just some of the stories from it's this week. Quite a list. Even well, just Even just listening to that, I can't quite work out which one makes me the angriest. <laughs> and I didn't even mention stage three taxes because we're not going to talk about that this week. I mean, it was funny yeah, hearing you say just that we were like trying to ease ourselves gently into the year, but like the gods decided otherwise. We are not, we are bombarded with media news right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm just trying to get my head around the pace again of, of this stuff. Cause I, mm. I've got to say over the break, I did try and not be as engaged with the news media um, as I normally am. It's very hard, especially with, certain stories which um you know which are very hard not to look at and be a part of but wow like this year is certainly not um not sort of looking like it's gonna 
chill out at all. It's no. a good thing we're here. I know. <laughs> now let's go back. We didn't. I'm not going to. Oh, hang on. First, I still want to keep doing this. We we were doing it last year, and I don't want to drop it. But um, just starting the show with the latest um, committee to protect journalists figures from Gaza, because of course that is one um, global. Um, news story in terms of um, the price that journalists are, are paying to continue reporting from Gaza. This week, the CPJ reported that at least 85 journalists and media workers have been killed uh, as of yesterday since October 7, 78 Palestinian, four Israeli and three Lebanese. I think it's worth pointing out that the four Israeli and three Lebanese has remained fairly constant mm. for those. It's the Palestinian, the numbers of Palestinian journalists dying is the one that keeps going up. Um, 16 journalists were also reported injured, four reported missing and 25 arrested, which is something that seems to be um, increasing as well. If you want to read more about how the the CPJ collects their data, visit cpj.org. So, Rachel, Hmm. when we last met, (laughs) your column, The Politics, lived in the Schwartz Media Stable as part of the monthly... Kelpasa. <laughs> Kelpasa. I just I just con- con- combined two European languages then. Kelpasa. Um, Kelpasa. Yeah, well, I mean as as anybody who might have seen the story in Crikey would know, uh, and that dropped sort of mid-jan in real quiet times. Dani. Uh Dani, friend of the show. Um basically the politics my daily newsletter for mm-hmm. the monthly was acquired by a company, a new independent publishing house called General Publishing, mm-hmm. uh, founded by a man named Piers Grove, uh, who's been involved in a few different media ventures before, um, including mainly the Daily Oz and the Batuta Advocate. Yep. Uh, and um, he has purchased uh, <laughs> the politics from, from Schwartz Media to uh, launch a new brand, a new masthead, also called The Politics. So stay with me. I write a newsletter called The Politics and I will continue to do that. And if you are a subscriber to The Politics, uh, you will continue to hear from me uh, Monday to Thursday in your inbox and from Daniel James on a Friday. Mm -hmm. But... We will now be hosted on a website called The Politics and that is going to be a whole new exciting venture. Um, I'm the editor-in-chief of that. Congratulations. That is a huge, huge job. It's been a big job. Uh, It's been a little bit of a roller coaster of emotions this week because, you know, on Monday we locked in a a brand, like a new logo, and that's so exciting. You're like, oh, look, look, I birthed a brand. I got a sneak peek. And then you get to the point where it's like, you know, going back and forth on tiny details on the website and you're like, oh, I don't want to birth a brand anymore. <laughs> you've, been, um, you've been caught in the, um, the web dev spider web. Yes. Uh, graphic design is absolutely not my passion, um, but it's going to be really beautiful um, and it's also going to be independent and, you know, free and... Amazing. Passionate. Like all so the things, no paywall. No paywall. Uh, it's, it's kind of just going to be like my newsletter but more. Okay. Just me but more of it. <laughs> and um, I don't know and feel free to, um, uh, you know, move on if you want to. But I am interested to know um, 
how these things happen and how long was this on the cards for Schwartz Media? Because I would have thought um, it was a it was a it was a pretty successful uh, entity within Schwartz Media. And um, yeah, I, I mean, what was your, what were your first thoughts about about the, them kind of selling it? Uh, my first thoughts were, am I on drugs? Um, <laughs> uh, but then, yeah, after that I, I was quite excited yeah. about the prospect. Um, it all happened very, very quickly. Happy to, to be independent. Um, yeah, and, and happy to, to help um, create something new. And I I think Maury Schwartz was quite happy to sell and let it go on and have a new life um, mm-hmm. uh, and is, you know, proud that a, one of his it's the first time Maury's ever sold one of his um, mastheads. And I wouldn't even say the politics was a masthead, but it's the first mm. time he sold something from Schwartz Media. Um, happy for it to go off and, and, and have a life beyond the Schwartz family. Uh, and I'm happy to be creating something. I mean, I always, I always hoped that one day I would end up um, creating a, mm. a new media company and it's just kind of all happened <laughs> Uh, it all happened in the space of a month at the end of last year. Just when you like <laughs> the end of last year was exhausting enough. Oh yeah, then... super normal times at the end of last year. Um, there are some kind of naughty things I could say, um, but I, th- I can see you're being very diplomatic, so I'm going to let you off the hook. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, very interesting, very interesting development um, for an outspoken journalist who likes to tell it like it is let's say <laughs> who is no longer at, at the monthly I think, I can confidently say that I will be very much allowed to uh, speak, speak my mind, mind yeah. in my uh, new home that's uh, what a great thing that is because as we are learning and we're going to talk about um, in a moment, there is a lot of pressure on journalists at the moment in terms of what they can and can't say freely. Um, and uh, we, well, you know what? There's no time like the present. Should we, should we get into it? Jump into it. Let's do it. So <laughs> Latouf and Ant- Antoinette Latouf in the ABC, I mean, I think that's pretty much going to be our whole show because It'll be it's, a big got, chunk of it, yeah. it's got so many <laughs> tentacles and it really does wrap, like it just sort of sucks up, vacuums up so much of what's fracturing in our news media kind of psyche at the moment. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to try and... Um, just do a quick timeline of what's happened because it's quite major before we get into all the ins and outs of it. So bear with me. So as is the custom when ABC broadcasters go off air for their summer holidays, journalist Antoinette Latouf was uh, given five days of casual hosting shifts for a week from 18th to 22nd of December last year on ABC Radio in Sydney. Pretty standard. At the beginning of Latouf's ABC, you know, contract, she temporary contract, she was told not to post anything on social media about matters of controversy. During her time that week, five days broadcasting, Latouf has claimed she was also told sharing straight facts and material from reputable sources was fine. Quote. Uh, the first three days of that um, five-day contract seemed to go without incident, but then Latouf reposted a report by a human rights organisation um, on Instagram, or by a human rights organisation, Human Rights Watch, on Instagram um, that claimed or that there was a report that then unearthed that Israel government was using starvation civilians as a weapon of war in Gaza. And it's kind of worth noting as well that the ABC um, 
produced at least two stories about the report, Uh, but Latouf reposted the report from the um, Human Rights uh, Watch's own Instagram account, not the ABC report. Uh, After that, things got weird. (laughs) Um, um, Latouf was um, fired, according to her, Um, but before she made it, even made it home that afternoon, a piece appeared in The Australian about her being allegedly fired. Um, it is worth mentioning that a week before that sh- those five shifts, uh, on the 13th of December, Latouf co-authored a story with Cam Wilson in Crikey questioning the authenticity of a viral video that claimed um, protesters at a pro-Palestinian, a pro-Palestine rally at the Sydney Opera House had chanted some extremely horrible statements about Jewish people. We did discuss that um, on a show last year, <laughs> go to the app, listen, listen, listen on your favourite podcast app provider. Um, so Latouf then claimed unfair dismissal, asserting that she was fired because of her ethnicity and that the public broadcaster um, systemically discriminates against people with Arab or Muslim backgrounds, uh, as well as other people of colour. She hired uh, Josh Bernstein. Bernstein? Bernstein. 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 Yep. Um, and then a bomb dropped in the form of a series of WhatsApp messages leaked to the Sydney Morning Herald from a group titled Lawyers for Israel, explicitly detailing their efforts to get Antoinette Latouf removed from air, including direct correspondence with the ABC chair, Ita Butros, um, for one of the group's members uh, that Ita uh, responded to. It's an incredibly messy situation that reflects terribly on the ABC, but it does open up some big sort of chasms within the the broadcaster. And it doesn't end there. Um, Charlie, I'm interested, you've got the sort of um, knowledge on some of the kind of legal missteps the ABC appears to have made since Latouf made her unfair dismissal claim. They tried mediation, that hasn't worked. Um, Mm -hmm. So now they're still going through the um, fair... Work. Fair Work Commission. Commission, yeah, yeah. yes. Uh, yeah, no, so I, I have a little bit of a background in, in, in employment law and I think it's, I mean, as, as you've said, there are just so many bits of this that uh, a show like ours has to kind of get into. But the thing that, that sort of just came clanging out to me initially was just, I, I, I genuinely can't believe how badly the ABC have handled this. Um, so the initial, um, and this is according to just Josh Bornstein, uh, um, Latouf's lawyer, but I think it's probably, uh, it is credible that the initial um, filing in response to uh, Latouf's claim of unlawful termination, and we'll get into the difference between unlawful and, and unfair in a second, um, was conceded that she had been fired, but that it was for, for just cause. The thing to really, I think, focus on in Australian employment law, there is almost nothing easier for an employer to do than to get rid of a, a, a troublesome casual. <laughs> like, like there is no, there's no other way to put that. A, a casual, basically, in a very crude we are sense. Not, we are not accusing Antoinette Latouf no, 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 of being no. a troublesome uh, casual. Yeah, uh, that is a hypothetical troublesome <laughs> casual uh, that an employer may wish to get rid of. I have been a troublesome casual at, <laughs> from time all, to I time. I think in our time have been a troublesome casual. Uh, I think you've truly lived if you haven't been a troublesome casual. But essentially, in, a, in very crude terms, a casual employee... Their contract starts and ends at the beginning and end of every shift that they do. Mm, yeah, there is okay. no ongoing obligation between for either party to keep that going the next day. Now, obviously, there's some uh, murkiness there because it was supposed to be five shifts. But essentially, if they had said, "We're not firing you," we're just not continue. We're not. We're not. We're not renewing your casual contract tomorrow. 
a lot of this probably wouldn't have gotten as far as and, it and has. that's the argument that the ABC has, has since retrospectively put forward. Do you think it would have really still no. carried water though? It I'm wouldn't. not sure. In terms of the optics, absolutely not. Well, they they, they promoted the fact she was going to be on all five days. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Absolutely. From an optics point of view, given who she is, given the circumstances and the timing, given what came out subsequently about the the campaign to get her And I, removed, I think as well, given. Also, given the nature of the post that re- she she re-shared as well, because that's such a um, you know you think that if you are going to be very if you're going to have very strict terms on what your employees yeah, can yeah. and can't post on social media, I think that 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 sort of description, which is you know matters of controversy, what does that mean? It's quite it's a very vague term. It, and it's also- sort of it, it seems to be that certain people can post things and they'll be considered controversial, and other people could post. Yes. and they would not be considered controversial. So then it goes to Antoinette Latouf's point about is, why she yeah. was fired. And also, I mean, just a little detail there of her saying Allegedly that, oh, I was, I, was told, um, I was told that if it was a reputable source and it was basically factual that it would be fine. Yeah. If she's lying, if she's made that up, what does that say about the ABC? That they weren't protecting their employees for, prote- for publishing or, or posting factually based reputable sources on this matter. Because it's- that reshare as well was made without comment. She didn't add yeah, any yeah. comment to it. Um, it was just the fact that she was sharing it that made mm. it controversial because prior to that week, Antoinette Latouf had posted sort of more outspoken 100%. positions, but she, she was intentionally keeping it to just facts and reports while she was contracted to work for the ABC. I mean, what what gets me is is not only, you know, um, as Charlie points out, you know, it's it would have been easy to terminate her contract at the end of each day. They could have just let this run. Yeah. It was a five-day contract. She, she had, had two, two more days, days left. They could have avoided all controversy and obviously they were facing some, uh, shall we say, concerted, pressure mm. uh from certain interest groups um and and to they could have just said she finishes on friday and you know maybe implied they wouldn't contract her again but there was really they could have just let this one run it's well it's, it's max of panic whatever panic. else yeah when you put yeah. the timeline side by side of the um the posts in the whatsapp group um uh, side by side with with everything that played out because uh, the members of the group Lawyers for Israel were coming back to the group and saying, you know, this is what we said. We've threatened legal action, um, although they acknowledged that there wasn't <laughs> much grounds, much for, grounds yeah. for legal action. Um, so they, there was a concerted sort of um, collective pressure and then they were reporting back the responses they were getting in real time from the ABC claiming it was being dealt with. Mm. So which does suggest... And I'm not saying that, you know, absolutely not implying that the ABC made their decision because of that, because of that lobbying. Mm. But it does, it does suggest that it was of a, it was of concern to them. I mean, this is an, is an ongoing issue for the ABC and, you know, this is a particularly alarming case, but they do face intense pressure, not just from from groups like this, but, you know, from from coalition governments, uh, from the Australian, God, the amount of time the Australian spends, um, 
you know, attacking the ABC or, well, the, or for mo- lobbyists for mining for yeah, yeah. all I mean, interests. I, 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 I mean, that that is one thing that was so many ex-journalists join those lobby join those lobby groups to then lobby mm. the media because they know how to. But the ABC exert that pressure. needs to have some robust defence. Absolutely. Or just a willingness to stand up for its journalists. For its journalists. Because I think the the, the other bigger picture that this leans to is what at what point, you know, does the ABC, in, yeah, take one for their journalists or protect well, their journalists? When you look at the context of, say, Stan Grant, mm. you know, leaving, um, quitting Q&A in May last year, saying he was just overwhelmed by the um, racism that he was receiving on, on social media and even at that point was sort of intimating that he wasn't necessarily being supported and then quitting the resigning from the ABC altogether in August saying, you know, he'd had enough of the toxic news culture, followed by more recently Noor Haider, the, who was the ABC federal politics reporter, who said that her res- who resigned over concerns relating to the ABC's cover- coverage of Gaza, as well as the treatment of ABC staff. And she said, commitment to diversity in the media cannot be skin deep. Cultural diversity should be respected and supported, even when they challenge the status quo. And she directly mentioned the ABC's handling of Antoinette, Antoinette Latouf mm. um, of that situation. You know, there are people who feel very much unsupported. Yeah, I think. I mean, there's there's there's, there's sort of two. There's, yeah, there's two branches of that. One is the, the obvious. The obvious thread there is the f- fairly lamentable, from the sounds of things, way that the ABC treats d- more diverse hires that they've made. Um, and th- th- I might just flag there that we did uh, did make an effort to get a, oh, a guest yes, on today. Oh yes, but it yeah. is quite difficult for certain people to speak about. Um, the ABC from a lived experience, especially if they are still at the ABC. Yeah, we've had a lot of conversations with people this week who ha- have worked there, um, who are working there, women as well <laughs> of colour. We have, but, and understandably, and we absolutely... And that's not f- something we can speak to personally, no, of course. No. And uh, we, you know, absolutely respect people's position. The other yeah. thing is... There are a lot of events happening tonight, and I'm not. I'm not saying that I. I didn't want to go to the party, so it's okay that I wasn't wasn't invited to the party. But we we did speak to Antoinette and uh, a few other people who are at parties. I'm just going to put well, it that or, way. or uh, there's a um, Media Diversity Australia is having a listening event tonight, which is why. We couldn't get a representative from from there. Um, it really there is just so much going on. But with this in is Australia a bigger tonight. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't think people are going to prioritise coming and, and bitching about the media with us. But um, but we will. That being we, said, they will one day. It is mm. it is quite apparent that the ABC has a diversity problem. Yeah, and has you know very little diversity and very little support for people of different backgrounds, colours, races, nationalities, um, because. Their high-profile presenters seem to get chased out of there mm. by social media mobs or lobby groups, uh, or just by management themselves. Um, I suppose in the case of, of Antoinette, probably a combination of the three. Allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> allegedly, this will be playing out, and it will be very interesting to see how all this because. What they could have avoided, I could go back to what I was saying before, obviously the optics would have always mm-hmm. seen them engulfed in a storm of controversy. That was always going to happen with this case. What they could have 
possibly avoided is a protracted case in the commission. The commission mm. possibly would have been had would have been forced to throw it out quite early. At this stage now, we're going to see a lot of cross examination. We're going to see a lot of um, witnesses and a lot things. Of receipts. But, yeah, yeah. So th- they will have to make a lot more public than they might have otherwise liked. It is interesting to see how the ABC have, have responded over the last couple of weeks. I mean, they have had. Um, they've they've probably in the last few days published more <laughs> articles about this. You know that in the beginning it was Actually, absent, that... and now it's you know I had um, David Anderson being interviewed mm-hmm. on the on ABC Radio, the new um, incoming chair. Uh, was had a quite a, a long. What's his name? Kim Williams. Kim Williams had a long chat with um, Patricia Carvelis. He <laughs> does say something the other day. The, the ABC has a new head, and we're probably not going to have much time to talk about that this <laughs> no, week. I, I mean, the other thing we saw from the ABC this week was an exclusive reporting on the kind of anti-worker lawyers yeah, 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 that yeah. the ABC has gotten uh, on for this case against Antoinette Latouf. It's, it's, it's a really strange one. They don't want to lose it, do they? And it's, but, a, it's a, Sorry. No, no, you go ahead. I would say it's, it's funny that, that something can be simultaneously one of the worst things that you find out about the ABC, but also speaks well of them that it was the ABC that ran this piece. A lot of places well, oh, it feels wouldn't like, do that. It <laughs> feels like pushback from the journalists of the ABC. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. I don't necessarily want to speak to any of their motives, but when you have, you know, RN Breakfast and they are covering this, they are speaking to um, the chair of the... Kim. No, they also uh, had the chair of the ABC alumni board who have oh, been quite okay. outspoken yep. on this one. When they have sort of characters or players in this drama on to talk about it, it kind of feels like some journalists at the ABC sort of sticking it to management a bit and not acting like a party to this case. They're going to interrogate it as journalists, some yeah, of them. Sorry, that does follow on from the fact that there was a vote of no confidence mm. in David there Anderson was, yes. at a meeting of union-affiliated staff. Mm-hmm. Um, the board then um, um, gave him a unanimous backing, yeah. um, vote of confidence, mm. which which let's which we might add must have also included their um, staff representative, Laura Tingle. Laura Tingle, it did yes, yes. She 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 spoke to the nine papers about about. Uh, she played it very very. Diplomatically, shall I say, mm. she said that I think it's best for staff that we we, we back him at the stage. But I, I completely understand that this is a direct quote. I completely understand the distressed staff members feel at the outside attacks we face individually and collectively, and that some staff feel that they are not being properly supported. So she she played a pretty straight bat to the whole thing. Mm. The, there's the other part of it is as well, and and we've heard Latouf, um, Latouf say this that she loves the ABC and she dearly wants to um, have faith in its, um, you know, faith in, in, in its ability to be a diverse organisation mm-hmm. representing all views and all people restored, as did, you know, Jan Fran has been on fire with her posting on social Jan media. Fran was almost going to join us tonight. But she <laughs> we can't let, every, let everyone know who has rejected us. <laughs> that is the behind she the screen. We're not posting our It was else. a yes until something else. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, as she said as well, I mean, there's it's the frightening thing is that, you know, the ABC needs to retain its integrity in order for people to have the faith and the trust in it for it to continue as a public broadcaster, a publicly funded broadcaster. I mean, we, we criticise the ABC because we care about the mm. ABC. Mm-hmm. It's so important that this country has a public broadcaster that is trustworthy. Um, that, yeah, like it, it's almost difficult sometimes to have a 
conversation about the ABC and criticise it without necessarily buying into the unfair criticism that comes from the right and the kind mm. of um, the sustained attacks, attacks um, especially in Senate estimates, um, every time the ABC is up before estimates, you just get the most ridiculous questions from coalition senators. So it's like it's it's important to have a nuanced conversation where we can criticise the ABC because we want the ABC to be better and to be independent and to be robust and to support its journalists while also not buying into the like, oh, the ABC is rubbish. Mm. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, yeah, that, 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 that is very worth making clear. I think what, one thing, and that, that did put me in mind of a note I made uh, while we were preparing, is that this is a bit of a... The, the problem is it is such a long-term process of the... Not even broader than diversity of just not backing their journalists in mm. for, for quite some time. Um, mm. There was obviously the stuff with Emma Rebel Ricci oh, and yes, that's right. um, uh, basically being sort of thrown to the wolves slightly when Malcolm Turnbull uh, complained about some of her coverage. Um, There's also, I don't know if you guys remember, do you remember, guys remember the Cabinet Files? Yes. About, it was, it's about six years ago now. It was quite soon after I started at Crikey, but they, they found, in a, from a second-hand store, it's, it's an amazing story in of itself, they found an old cabinet from Parliament House in a second-hand store that happened to have a bunch of old cabinet oh documents in it. <laughs> and rather than, like, just use that as the treasure trove that it was, they did, like, two or three relatively mild pieces and then just gave it back to the government. Oh, just little supine things goodness. like that. Um, I, I, going back even further, though, I think, you know, you, you speak about, like, Senate estimates. During the early coverage of the Iraq war in, in 2004 and 2003, the ABC was absolutely buffeted from uh, by complaints and mm. a huge amount coming from the government, the Howard government at the time, which was very, very, as you can imagine, hostile towards the ABC. And it's sort of unimaginable now. The, the, the then director of news and current affairs, which was Max Utrecht, uh, Utrecht sorry, and um, managing director Russell Balding, they, they just they set it down. They mm. went to these things, they backed their journalists, they mm. wrote op-eds defending their journalists in other papers, and you can't really see that. It would be nice to see that happen again a bit more. I, I think. think that's the thing. If you want to be that controlling over... You know, every utterance a journalist makes outside of the organisation, you have to 100% back that those reporters to be able to do the to, to do the work and 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 make the investigations that are that are important and valuable, and also to validate them their identities and validate you know the the diversity within their workforce rather than try and suppress it or see it as a threat. Yeah, and I think like I mean. They should support their journalists no matter what. But but also I think once you've hired them, you've got to stand by them if you've hired them knowing what you know about them. Like mm. I, I think with Antoinette Latouf specifically, they chose to give her that role. Yeah. Knowing mm. about her social media presence, that's that's a big part of her job. That's mm. that's you know, she's a freelance presenter, freelance journalist. Like her social media is for, for many journalists, social media is a big part of their, like, portfolio, I guess. And they hired that, hired her knowing that, and then to not stand by her when they were faced criticism ultimately for their hiring decision, mm. not for anything she did that week, but by a group of people who who seemed just outraged that she had been given any platform whatsoever. I mean, I think that's also the thing that makes this whole kind of mess supremely existential and quite challenging is the context of mm. what's happening 
in Gaza and, um, you know, the um, the level of kind of, you know, um, engagement and passion and everything that that yeah, is yeah. resulting in. And I, I think there's another development today on that front. And it, it, I mean, this is a conversation that certainly don't have any answers to, but I don't think it's about to go away. Um, today, as we're um, putting all our cards on the table, um, someone else who wasn't able to come in this evening, <laughs> um, Evelyn Araluen, who is the uh, co-editor-in-chief of uh, literary publication Overland because she's at the Victorian Premier Literary Awards tonight, another one of those parties. Um, uh, Evelyn um, shared posts on her social media today from a WhatsApp group, similar, a similar WhatsApp group that we talked about as um, from Lawyers for Israel, but this time a more arts-based one, that um, attempted to use collective pressure um, directed at the board of Overland and Deakin University that also employs Evelyn in a teaching role to discipline her and her co-editor Jonathan um, Dunk. And I mean, this is something that needs, I guess, needs to be addressed and isn't going away. So Evelyn kindly shared a statement with us and um, in part... Um, she has said, uh, while I and the rest of the Overland team are, of course, upset by these defamatory and cynical attacks, we remain steadfast in our commitment to platforming urgent conversations about Palestine. As a publication, we hold long-standing solidarity with um, Palestine and their struggle for liberation, and we hope this incident will encourage other publishers to speak up and speak out. And I think this is, and, uh, you know, she also says, no matter the pushback, know that you're not alone and your support is needed. And I think mm. that's the thing, you know, Publishers and media organisations and broadcasters need to now acknowledge that this is the state of the world we're in, that people are going to um, – people feel like they do have access to employers to, you know, mm-hmm. and have – they can see everything that you post on social media and empl- the employers have to – yes, you can have all of, your, all of the policies in the world, but you also have to support your staff. You know, you can't just – you can't give in to pressure and lobbying because what does that say about your editorial neutrality and independence, you know? Well, that you, you don't have any. <laughs> mm. Or that... Or that it is uh, open to... It's bu- it will bend. Yeah, it's yeah. flexible mm. that you can... That pe- with enough pressure, mm. um, people can be silent. And again, I think it is and worth... What does that it, say about, yeah, freedom of speech? It, it is worth saying that if that this is not down to say, a shoddy piece of journalism or an inflammatory remark. This is down to the sharing of a report by a human rights organisation. Yes, in, in Latouf's case. In Latouf's case, In terms yes. of Overland, there was a, oh, yes, a letter yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. a couple of other pieces. But, um, but yes, 100%. And I think that's where the ABC... That was a massive misstep to mm. for that to be the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Radio three triple Um from from something um pretty deep <laughs> to something else. Uh AI uh, became a scapegoat in a news story this week in a, a little bit of a head scratching kind of way. Who's gonna fill us in on the details? 
I I can go for that. <laughs> so I think this this all started going down yesterday. I'm losing track of the days at this point. Um, but uh, Victorian MP, the Animal Justice Party MP, Georgie Purcell, posted something on Twitter, on X, I should say, um, which was... No, it's still Twitter to us. Still Twitter on this show. <laughs> yeah. Um, which was basically... Uh, she was expressing outrage at the fact that an image of her had been used by Channel 9 in a report about duck hunting mm. uh, and it was sort of like in the firing line and it was, you know, Victorian Premier Jacinta Allen and a picture of Georgie Purcell, the MP in question. Um, but the image didn't match the original photo from she, which it had been taken. She put them side by side. She put them side by side and as she pointed out... Um, she has, it, it appears her boobs have been enlarged and her white dress has been turned into a white top and skirt with her midriff showing. Mm. Um, and she basically says, can't imagine this happening to a male MP, what gives? Um, and then she adds, I love this hot tip. I've got my whole stomach tattooed. So the fact <laughs> that there was like a midriff, that's what would have, t- especially like, Tipped her off that that's not the photo, um, and you can you can if you I, you may have seen this floating around. You can really see the difference between the image, uh, which is sort of like her her sort of MP headshot, and the image they use, which you know it's curvier. Uh, it's her, phenomenally. Her different. stomach is showing. Um, Channel Nine came out relatively quickly with a statement, sort of apologising and saying this was the fault of AI. <laughs> Well, they 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 tried to insinuate that they're so Photoshop um, has introduced an AI you know aspect to it, and you can put in prompts, and rather than having to manually adjust everything, um, you can enter a photo you, and add some prompts. And you, you can, and you can also um, if you, if the photo and this is what appears to have happened is if the photo does not fit the dimensions that you require of it, it it is able the AI function is able to fill in the gaps and guess what's outside of that frame. Um, mm, it's uh, – it does – that is not what appears to have happened in my <laughs> in my estimation in the sense that when you look at what's happened – okay, so the photo they've, – they've outlined – so when she, the photo that Georgie's posted in context is her standing on a bridge, there's a river behind. In the, the um, Channel 9's version, they've, outli- they've cut her out and put her on a background – um, and I guess and they're claiming in the, in the in the process, <laughs> it's also increased her rack size and changed her outfit. And I, I just feel like for that part, you have to enter yeah, certain well, quite prompts. A, quite a few people. That's have, very specific. Quite a few people have who who use Photoshop a lot have sort of explained how this might have happened. Um, and the the explanation, not that Nyan really gave one, is that. Um, there are a few other versions of that image floating around that are a little more cropped. Um, and if you gave a more cropped version to Photoshop, um, Photoshop, and you asked it to expand to fill the space, it might invent what it thinks the rest of the image. Oh, you're, oh, I see. Is that like, what you're saying? Is yeah, like yeah, 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 if yeah. it was only say it was at the to, top half. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. so Photoshop um, has gone and yeah. designed 
its own chest and stomach for her. Um, right. That, that is that is the theory. We haven't but, actually and, heard and, a proper I, explanation I, 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 from what Channel I, what 9. What I, I really, really, really want to make clear is that that does not exonerate 9 well, at all. Well, no, that they still that it still would have taken a human being not checking on things and putting it to air. Um, but the thing, yeah, yeah, it is still it is, it is still, still Channel 100% percent on them bad, that this but the happened. explanation might actually be Photoshop. Rather no, than the thing the, is, listen to me. No, the thing is, I'm looking at it now and. The tattoos match the actual tattoos on her arm down in that lower area that has been photoshopped. So, I mean, I I feel like this is... um, But you can see that, yeah, even the skirt is a different skirt. Look, we we, we don't need to quibble over... Yeah, but yes, no. I see. I can. I that explanation. I is slightly more passable. I, I think this is than the idea that the whole image. Was oh just God, put no, through no, no, a no, filter. no, 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 no. It's that. Wasn't it's arguing. that. It, no. it is assumed that it's at least expanded. part of that is a, is, an, the, is an AI image. Right. But but it speaks to the fact that AI is built with all sorts of biases like ingrained into mm. it. Yeah, and one yeah. of them is if there's a, a woman who looks like Georgie, uh, who doesn't look like a traditional politician, does AI assume if it can't see her stomach that she might have a, a midriff-bearing top on? And, yeah, what yeah. what assumptions were baked into this AI to make it do this? My, my colleague Cam did a, did a series of experiments today um, on various photos of various politicians and with the men, no matter how casually they were dressed, you know, top up, it would always put them either in a suit or full <gasps> trousers. So headshot... He took headshots and yeah, they, yeah. they filled out the rest of it. Filled out with the rest of it. Okay, and, that must, makes much more sense. And, right. But then whenever it was a woman, they, they, for example, put Pauline Hanson in a much shorter skirt than she would normally wear. <gasps> yeah. they, put, they, they put her in a top that was, again, a top <laughs> I exposing her. I have seen this. Yeah, yeah. I love they, they, it. They put, Your colleague, um, Cam, clever. He's it was a good, clever. It was a, it, was a good, it was a good thing to check. Um, so every, even if it's like um, Albo in a Radio Birdman T-shirt, he's still in trousers, whereas, yeah, uh, that every I, woman is put in much more revealing clothing than. I also he chooses are, not to yeah. show those images. He only puts the men. He only put, we only put the men in. We, we, we believe me. We had a long conversation in the office sure. about what was appropriate to do with the images that that thing generated. Yeah. And we decided oh. we just tell you what it did. And so I think um, the other thing to note here is rather than finding uh, an appropriate photo of Georgie. They are using AI to feel. Do you know what I mean? Like as if she's a politician, yeah. as if there's not an image of her mm-hmm. that shows um, the top half of her body. Well, it's an existing photo that, do, that there is a version yeah. of that photo so, that does go. Yeah. Once, so it just then asks, begs the question: like, why are newsrooms doing this when there are plenty of images out there that they that have the amount of you know the crop that they need well i mean yeah i I think it speaks to as i said it was the ingrained bias of the of the ai but it's also the ingrained bias of newsrooms and of you know there is no doubt that um sort of she was treated this way because she's not your traditional looking mp and you know she's she's like the youngest woman elected Mm -hmm to um to the legislative council in victoria um you know she's she's had a very interesting past she's she, she's young she's got lots of tats yeah uh, and and i mean we saw that bias against her even in the coverage of this incident yeah. Yeah. as yeah. the oh, week wore on the I'm australian chose to refer to her as a former stripper mm. which is 
her former career and she doesn't hide away from that and that that is part of her story and um it was just that's how the Australian chose to categorise a it member was, of it Parliament. Was very, yes, the, the, there was a very strongly implied tone. Mm-hmm. In the use oh, 100%. Of that, so it was kind of was... like, why is she complaining about yeah, yeah, this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> I, one, one thing, one thing I, I will say f- for this incident, and it shouldn't have happened, but I think the level of outrage it received was appropriate um, and uh, let's hope. Channel Nine learnt something from this incident, yeah. and and well, anyone using that software carelessly maybe is going to be a bit more careful next time. Will they though? Will they? But will they? Mm-hmm. Woo! Ah, that's right, Triple R. So, uh, Charlie, a little bit of uh, news from from publishing to politics. Yeah, I think this is this is worth uh, making a note of that. Um, that Guardian Australia political editor Catherine Murphy uh, has ended her long, long journalism career, long storied journalism career, and is going to Anthony Albanese's office, which is obviously, actually, I mean, that is far from a rare career path. It's, it's something that happens quite a lot. I, I thought it was interesting, though, seeing a lot of response on Twitter. The Australian, as you would absolutely expect mm. went combed through actually and to be fair we did the same thing at crikey i should make that very clear but went through her old uh, coverage and, and found some of the more glowing kind of appraisals of albanese's character um which a lot of people on twitter thought was petty and gratuitous and and hypocritical from the australian which I, i'll go with the hypocritical thing because obviously <laughs> there is um no no uh opaqueness about their views on various politicians but I, I do actually think that that was I think that's a very legitimate thing to do when someone goes from the role of holding a figure to account uh, to then going and working for that person it is worth going back and checking the um yeah, the tone but, in, with which that they have but imagine have yeah I mean I, I agree but the Australian would obviously never do that when one of their journalists goes no, back absolutely and forth not. Oh, I mean uh, press office you know between media advisor and journalists no absolutely yeah and which, look it is it's a I mean Famously, Barry Cassidy was a journalist who became a media advisor, and then and then, and then a, journalist again. a journalist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. Oh, for sure, for sure. Um, I, I, I mean, I think. I, but again, I, I do. I do think it is. It is worthwhile examining. I mean, also, this is the prime minister's office. It's not. Mm. It's not like you go. Oh, this is a backbencher who I really have a lot of faith in. This is the prime minister's office. It's a. It's a high I mean, profile gig. You are going to get a huge piece of news. That was like I, everyone kind of went what, and then immediately started diving into things she'd written about about Al- Albanese. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you the, can't the, find many negative things. The, the, in the there. quarterly essay where she found this stricken voter who was just very upset at the prospect that he might not win. Um. I think we're going to have to leave it there for the day. I um, couldn't find my little um, my little video to play, but I did one of my favourite things that got, gave me so many lols this week was the um, news story in Sydney of Newington College announcing that it was going from being a boys-only school to co-ed and um, uh, Channel 7 News had a, a report of um, all these old boys and their families or current students and their families protesting at the front and this old dude just crying, <laughs> crying because girls were going to be allowed into Jess, the school that he, don't... that he attended 50 years ago. <laughs> his son went there too. <laughs> but what about his grandson? It doesn't exist yet. This is typical of the, of the woke lefty mob. We don't care about girl jams nearly enough for real issues. <laughs> And that's all for this week. Thanks for listening. You can find us every week on your favourite podcast platform. And you can follow us on Twitter. 
at Nadge Samble, at Lily Juice, and at The Shuffle Diary. You can also listen in at rrr.org.au via On Demand for the radio version of the show. Want to support Spin Cycle? Become a Triple R subscriber. Your subscription helps keep the station running and helps Triple R produce and create great radio and podcast content like this.